Hello, and welcome to the Hope Brooklyn Weekly Sermon Podcast. Hope Brooklyn is a community of faith in Brooklyn, New York, that believes wherever you are in your spiritual journey, there's room at the table. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this week's sermon. Well, good morning, Hope Brooklyn. Uh, my name is Greg, and I have the awesome honor of being on staff here at Hope Brooklyn. And today, we're going to be beginning a new series, and I'm really excited to be starting that with you guys today, this week. And for the next couple of weeks, myself, Ryan, Bryant, and a few of the faces that you know and love are going to be breaking down what it means to be wise. And so the title of this new series is going to be Wisdom's Call, Lessons on Living Well. Uh, because who doesn't want to live well, right? I know I do, and I hope that you do as well. And I think that today, getting started, we're all going to learn some amazing things together. We're going to trek through what it means to be wise in a chaotic world. Um, and you might say, well, why do we need this? Why do we need to know what it looks like to be wise in a chaotic world? And I would say to you, have you seen our world? <laughs> and so I've been tasked to talk about the beginning of wisdom, uh, finding wisdom in a chaotic world, which I think is so important for us right now. And before I get into that, um, I would like for you to turn with me in your Bibles. Today, we're going to be reading very quickly from Proverbs uh, chapter 18, verse 10. And it would say, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Pray with me. God, thank you so much uh, for your wisdom. Uh, thank you that your word says that if we ask for it, you freely give it. Uh, today, we're going to look to your scriptures, God, hoping to learn about what it means to be wise uh, and what it means to find wisdom in this chaotic world that we live in. Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak through me, use me as your mouthpiece, that we might learn today what it is you have to say. In your name, Jesus. Amen. You know, I don't know about you, but when I think about wisdom, especially when I was a kid, uh, the picture of wisdom for me would always be this old man, uh, maybe had a long white beard. And I think that that's true for me because somewhere along the line in life, we all kind of adopted this idea that wisdom is old or that you obtain wisdom by being old or by spending a long time on the earth. Um, I know that where I grew up, uh, people would often say things like, well, I've been around the block or, you know, I've been around for X amount of years. And this really was their plea or their case that they were pleading for themselves, um, that what they said could be trusted or that what they said could be deemed as wise or used for someone who was looking uh, for wisdom. And I think that that's so important because when we talk about the beginning of wisdom, I think it's important that when you think of that word beginning and that uh, being wise often takes time, uh, that God was at the beginning. In fact, when you look at the first verse of the Bible in Genesis 1, verse 1, it says, in the beginning, God. And it actually says some more things after that. But I want to stop in that, at that halfway point of that sentence. In the beginning, God, because we learn two very important things when we arrive at this place. The first thing we learn is that there's a beginning, or at least for us, that there is a point where things began. And then the second thing, obviously, is that God was there. And so that I think if, if we're using this measurement of if you've been around for a long time, that what you say can be trusted, what you say, the advice that you give could be deemed as wise or, or that you could give wisdom because you've been around for a long time then I think that God strongly fits that bill because in the beginning, like we just read, was God. In the beginning, God. And again, in your own time, you can go back to that verse. It's a short verse. But the, the beginning of Genesis tells this story of all the things that God set into place and set into motion. Uh, but again, I resubmit to you that if God was there 
when he set everything into place, I think that when we talk about wisdom, we can trust that he's probably the best person for the job. If I ever wanted advice about anything, I think I too would trust somebody who's probably been doing something for longer of a time rather than shorter of a time. Now, is it possible that someone who's been doing something for a short amount of time could gain wisdom as well? Absolutely. But I'd probably put my money on a person who's been around or who's been doing something for a longer time, right? Think about if you've ever had if you've ever had a medical procedure that you needed done. Or maybe you needed work done on your car. You're probably looking for the medical professional or the automotive professional who's been in who's been in that field for a longer time. Uh, because again, we, us humans, we believe that if someone's been doing something for a longer time, uh, they're probably a lot wiser than someone who hasn't been doing it for very long. I think about when I was a kid, um, I'm actually one of seven, seven siblings, and it would always annoy me when my mom would leave the house and she would always put my eldest sister in charge. And as a kid, I'm like, man, like, why does she always get to run the show? Why does she always get to be in charge? Why does she always get to be the one um, that gets to say what happens when mom is not here? Uh, and that was up until one day an emergency happened. An emergency happened when we were kids. And man, I, I remember never being happier that I was not the one in charge. And the truth is, is because I knew that I was not wisest. I wasn't wise enough to handle that emergency. But I thank God that my sister, who was older, was. She was in that position uh, to make the right decision. She knew to run out. She knew to get our neighbors. She knew to call 911. And I think that there's a responsibility that can be trusted, a responsibility that we can rest in uh, when, when wisdom is around, when someone who's old enough has been around. And so I want you to write that down as our first point. And I've only got four, so we're going to be quick today. But that first point is this, in our chaotic world, right? Because that's what we're looking at. How do we find wisdom in this chaotic world? In our chaotic world, wisdom is always found with God. At least that's the measurement that I use for myself, for my family, the people I love and trust. Man, we just really submit to this idea that when it comes to wisdom, we can always find it with God. There are three books in the Bible um, that are commonly referred to as the wisdom books, and we won't go through all of them today. Uh, but the three of those books are Job, Ecclesiastes, and Proverbs. And today we're going to look a little bit in Proverbs, and we're going to look at some scripture and really look at what it means uh, to be wise, to have wisdom, and again, to apply that wisdom in the chaotic world that we live in today. And the book of Proverbs was written by King Solomon, son of David, right? And we know that King Solomon was revered as this very wise man. Um, in fact, it's written that he was the wisest man in the world. There was nothing that he did not know. And so I want to read to you a few verses from the first chapter in the book of Proverbs. And I want you to play, pay close attention to some of the wording, right? <clears throat> so it starts out, it says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, right? They're explaining to us what this book is for. For understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right, just, and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, uh, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, right? No one's, no one's got it all figured out. And let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning, right? There's that word again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. What I love about this is that the Bible is clear about what this book of Proverbs is going to be for. It's going to be for instructing. It's going to be for helping the youth as they look for guidance. It's going to be for the elders as they, as they seek to add to their knowledge. The Bible in, in this context is very clear about 
who this book of Proverbs is about to be for. Strap in if you are this person, right? But I also think that these few verses makes it clear who this book will not be for, right? Who it probably would not help. Um, and, and, and that group of people is described as fools. And, and that's a word that we use very flippantly these days, right? Like someone cuts you off in traffic. It's like, oh, you fool, right? Uh, you're playing chess with someone and they capture your queen. Oh, you fool. Maybe that's not your thing. But we use the word in so many different ways. But the Bible is very clear that fools despise wisdom. That's what the Bible says. And if you look at that word despise, check out how it's defined. It says to look down on with disrespect, to regard as worthless. That word worthless um, really sticks out to me because in the 21st century, when you look at an example of a fool, right? You think of maybe a troll in the comment section on a social media app, or you think of that relative that comes over every Thanksgiving and you've got to try your best to convince them that the sky is blue and that water is wet, right? <laughs> and it leads me to my second point that I want you to write down because we're going to spend a little, we're going to spend a few minutes here. So the second point that I want you to write down is this. In our chaotic world, wisdom is not found with fools. It's very simple. It's, it's as simple as, uh, Apple AirPods are not found with Android users. The, the two just do not go together. You will never find the two together. And it's because of what I said earlier. Uh, fools despise wisdom. They find it as worthless. Um, they would not be using it. I want to take you to a, a part of scripture called the Beatitudes. And in the Beatitudes, Jesus is instructing or giving wisdom uh, to a group of people. And he's talking about a plethora of things. Uh, he's talking about prayer and fasting. He's talking about marriage and divorce. He's talking about generosity and finances, all these things. Um, but then he starts to talk about uh, value. And I want to read you the scripture so that you can see uh, what I'm talking about. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, Jesus says, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Jesus is saying here, don't give what is valuable to people who don't see that as valuable. Um, I grew up uh, hearing this term that time is money, right? And I think that if you are wise, it took you some time to obtain that wisdom. And so we could conclude, we could conclude here that you should not waste your valuable wisdom on people who just don't see worth in it. They don't see value in it. Uh, the Bible would describe it as trampling your wisdom under their feet. And if that's not enough, they turn and attack you. Um, that sounds like a lot of people that I'm related to, a lot of people that I'm friends with on social media, right? You're trying to convince them like, hey, this thing is wise. Hear my words. Listen to what I'm saying. And they're like, ah. That's not smart. And also I'm blocking you. Right. And it sounds a lot like what Jesus is describing that these pigs and these dogs do to what we deem as valuable. And you might say to me, well, Greg, are you calling my friends and family dogs and pigs? And I would say no to you. I would say no, silly. That's a, a biblical anecdote. It's an analogy. But on a, on a more serious note, what I will say to you is that eventually your wisdom is wasted on people who have decided that they want to be foolish. And so what I would say to you is. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your valuables. You're throwing it to someone who would trample over it. It's never going to change someone who has decided that they would rather be foolish. Move on. That's what I would say to you. Respectfully, right? Gently and kindly. But if we're listening to the words of Christ and, and what he would say, right? And all of his wisdom, he would say, don't waste your time. Foolish people despise wisdom. 
I want to read uh, to you a part of Proverbs that kind of reminds you of a, a parent uh, maybe telling their child, hey, get down from there before you bump your head. It's not smart to do this thing. Uh, so we're going to look at uh, Proverbs chapter one, uh, verses 20 through 32. And it's a little tough to read and get through, but we're going to get through it together. And I want you to picture um, that the writer is talking about Lady Wisdom and she's trying to give warning to people in this town square. And she's shouting about and this is what the Bible says. It says out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out at the city gate. She makes her speech. So she wants everyone to hear this. And she says, how long will you who are simple love your simple ways? And simple could be swapped out for the word foolish, right? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? There's that theme again. Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when, disa when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Since they would not accept my advice and spurns my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. I kind of warned you guys that that would be a little difficult to get through. And we get this picture of Lady Wisdom and she's saying, trust me, listen to me, hear what I'm saying. It's wise to go the way that I'm telling you to go. Don't do the thing that you think is wise. It will lead to calamity. It will lead to death. Uh, but we don't always want to hear that, right? We, we want to believe that the way we're doing things is wise. This leads me to my third point, and I want you to write this down. It's going to be hard to write, but it's so important that you write this down for when you come back to your notes. And that third point is this. We live in a chaotic world because of our own doing. It's hard to hear. It's hard to know, like, well, Greg, that doesn't make sense. I want good things for myself. Well, Lady Wisdom says that if you do, that you would heed her warning. The, the verses that we that we just read are hard to hear. And we might think, well, that's not me, uh, but it is. It is us. Right. We like to go our own way, believing that it's wise. Here's the comfort that I'll offer you as you let that soak in and realize, like, man, I am the person that turns away God's wisdom sometimes. Uh, I want you to know that it did not start with us. Uh, I want to paint this picture for you. Um, you may be familiar that in Genesis, God rescues his people from Egypt. He brings them out of slavery. Um, but check out this really weird exchange between God, uh, a man named Samuel, uh, who led God's people, and God's people. Check this out. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 8. And to set this up for you, the people are saying to Samuel, hey, bro, you're getting old. And not the good kind of old, the old like you might expire soon. Uh, and we want a king. We want leadership. So give us a king. In fact, go ask God if we could have a king. And what's interesting is that God wants to be the king of his people. Uh, but his people want a king in the fashion that other nations have a king. 
And so Samuel, he goes to God reluctantly and he's like, don't trip. Um, but your people want a king and God, right. In all of his wisdom, he goes, no, you don't trip because I already know this. And they're not rejecting you. You're cool. They're rejecting me. He's like, so listen, tell them they can have a king, but I also want you to tell them what is going to come with having a king. And so Samuel goes to God's people and check out what he tells them. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, this is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. And if you get the picture here, Samuel's basically saying, guys, I don't know if you want a king because this this human king is not going to treat you as well as the God king who wants to lord over you, who wants to reign over you. And check this out in verse 19, it says, but the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. What's difficult for, for me is that even with all of this warning, hey, this king is going to mistreat you. The people of God go, that's OK. We still want a king. It, it reminds me of this YouTube video that I saw of this chef and he cooks really well. And he's sitting around maybe like these six and seven year olds. I want to say there were maybe 10 of them. And he asked them um, which of them likes McDonald's chicken nuggets. And obviously they all raised their hand. I raised my hand right while I was watching because chicken nuggets are good. And so he goes on this long trip, this long journey of describing to them what goes into chicken nuggets and how it's like grinded up old chicken parts. And, you know, they're meshed together in these real weird shapes in this weird factory and they turn into this pink guck. And, you know, he, he paints this most disgusting picture of what it takes to make a chicken nugget. And he goes, now that you know all of this, now that you know all these gross things that it takes to make a chicken nugget, who still wants a McDonald's chicken nugget? And sure enough, all the kids raise their hand. And the truth is, even when we know that something is bad for us, for some reason, we still think that our own way is more wise than God's way. It makes me think that writing that point down that I asked you to write down is hard to do, but it's hard because it's true. The world that we live in is chaotic because of our own doing, because of us going our own way, because of us believing that our own wisdom is better than God's wisdom. What's tough is that five minutes after eating a McDonald's chicken nugget, my stomach's in knots. I'm looking for the nearest bathroom. I'm cursing out the drive through lady. But the truth is, this is what I chose. I created my own chaos because I thought that it'd be wise to grab a chicken nugget as opposed to just driving 10 minutes home and making a better meal for myself. What's difficult about that analogy is that on a bigger picture, when we scale that up, when we look at some of the decisions we make and when we make those decisions in our own wisdom, we look at the calamity that we create in our world, in our homes, in our spirit lives. And we go, man, how could this be? Who did this? And the truth is, it was us. Um, some of us, right, we cry out in anguish. Some of us are a little more dramatic than others. And I'm going to be the first to admit that I'm a part of that group. We go, God, where are you? Don't you see what's happening in our worlds? Don't you see what's happening in my finances, in my marriage? 
uh, in countries overseas. Can't you see what's happening? But we seldom say, God, forgive me that I left you and you did not leave me. Or that I turned away your wisdom, it's not that you did not offer it. And that's why we get this picture of Lady Wisdom crying out in the square, saying, listen to me. Take heed to my warning. This is the kind of wisdom that you want, the godly wisdom. And, and you might think, well, what, then what is my hope, right? If, if Lady Wisdom was prophesying in a way, foretelling that we would turn away from God, we would choose our own wisdom over his, what is our hope? Well, what can we hope in? What, what saves us? What keeps us? What protects us from the chaotic world that we live in when we're not living alongside God's wisdom? And that leads me to my fourth and final point. And I want you to write this down because it is our hope. When I read to you those verses in Proverbs when Lady Wisdom is crying out, I wasn't being 100% true. Or I was, but I left out a verse. And I did that on purpose because it's the verse that I wanted to land on today. Because Lady Wisdom is right. We choose foolishness. We want the simple things. We want the way that is not godly, the way that is not completely wise, because we think we know better. But check out the final verse in that first chapter, verse 33. Lady Wisdom says this. She says, but whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear or harm. I want you to write this point down. In a chaotic world, God's wisdom is our protection. You would go, Greg, what about the vaccine? And I would say, but whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear or harm. What about these laws that want to govern my body, right? What about Afghanistan? What about my marriage? What about all these crazy things? And I would say to you, verse 33, but whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease and without fear or harm. If you take nothing away from today's sermon, I want you to take away these three pieces of scripture. Because these three pieces of scripture that I'm about to give you, they're very small, but they tie in everything that I kind of spoke about today. The first is the one that we started out with, right? Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe, right? That's that, that's that word again, safe. And then there's Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Remember that word? The beginning of knowledge. And then the last one is the verse that we just landed that plane on, which is, but whoever listens to me will live in safety, be at ease, and without fear of harm. In our chaotic world, wisdom is not found uh, in our own way. Wisdom is not found in the company of our friends and family members who just don't believe that the sky is blue and water is wet. And what's tough is that we've trusted these people all of our lives. How could they be wrong, right? But they were not in the beginning, right? In the beginning, God. He's most wise. He is who we can trust. Wisdom is not found among the foolish. You'll spend forever trying to convince foolish people that wisdom is good. My friends, I want to encourage you. In our chaotic world, wisdom is simply found with God. Always. Every time. Wisdom is found with God. And so, Hope Brooklyn, I want to pray in two ways. I want to pray for us as a community who, who wants to seek to be wise in everything that we do, in the decisions that we make, in the ways that we live our lives. I don't know about you, but I, I just want to be wise. I'm in charge of leading a household of three kids and a wife. I ought to be wise. Actually, it'd be best if I had a little bit of wisdom. 
I want to do that with God, because today I truly believe, according to the scriptures we read, that wisdom can be found with God in no place else. But you may be watching from home or wherever you're watching from today. And you might say, Greg, who is God? <laughs> what is God? What is wisdom? What is salvation? What is fear? What are, what are these things that you're talking about? And I want to pray for you as well. I want to simply give you this message that we as Christians believe that God, the Father, the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ created everything that we know to be. And that in, with God's, with all of God's good intention, the world, because of sin, turned away from him and he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, that he might redeem us to be back with God again. And that sounds like a lot. And there's so many questions that you might have. But if you are getting a feeling in your heart or a thought in your mind that you want to begin a journey with God, that you want to come to know this Jesus that we're talking about. Uh, well, our prayer team is going to be available to pray with you, to answer some questions for you and talk you through a decision that you might make today. The prayer team can be reached at prayer at hopebrooklyn.org. And I want you to reach out today if you have any questions about this journey that you might be feeling in your heart. It's time to start. In a second, we'll take communion and you can go ahead and get your elements ready if you're familiar with what it means to take communion. If you are not journeying with Christ, the Bible is clear that you ought not take part in this meal. But we do this um, because Jesus, at the final meal that he shared with his disciples, instructed them to do this in remembrance of him. So first we'll pray and then we'll partake in communion and then we'll have a moment of reflection before we go. Pray with me. God, I thank you today. I thank you for your insight. Thank you that your scripture helped us to see what it means to be wise, how we might find wisdom in a world that does not seem to like wisdom. Um, or according to your scriptures, that says that there are people, a group of people who despise wisdom. God, we don't want to be those people today. God, today we say we want to submit ourselves to your rule and your reign because a benefit of that, Lord, is that we might become wise, that we might receive wisdom from you. God, would you help us to make us a people who desires wisdom, who is repelled by foolishness, God, that we would choose you and choose your way. And God, if there be anyone under the sound of my voice watching on this screen who for the first time or maybe for the second time in a long time is thinking, I want to journey with this God. I want to journey with this Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go to that person and begin journeying with them. I pray that it would start with wisdom, that you would help them be able to discern the, the difference between wisdom and foolishness, God. And that this journey that they begin with you would be one that they could trust is safe and that your name, Lord, is a strong tower that they can run in and are safe from the harms of this world and are safe from the consequences and some of the ramifications of the, the unwise decisions uh, that we make on our own. So, God, we thank you that you journey with us. We love you and we bless your name. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen.